This is Democracy in Color, the voice of the new American majority. I'm your host, Amy Allison. This show takes a close look at Arizona politics and what it means for the nation. Arizona is what we call here at Democracy in Color a frontline state, a place Hillary Clinton lost by a mere 3.5 percent. It's also ground zero for the immigration debate in this country. In 2010, uh, the state Senate authorized a law to allow police to demand immigration papers from anyone they suspected of being in the country unlawfully. But organizers came together to challenge that law and mobilize the largest voter registration in the history of the state. Stay tuned for a conversation about immigration in Arizona here on Democracy in Color. Thanks for joining us here on Democracy in Color. I'm joined in studio by longtime organizer Ian Danley, who's the governing board president of Phoenix Union High School District and the executive director of One Arizona, an awesome organization that's doing amazing things on the ground, and a White House champion of change. Ian, thanks so much for joining us here on Democracy in Color. You're a champion of change in the White House? Well, yeah. So, so the White House, the Obama administration did this cool thing where they, I think once a month or maybe more than that, they would give out a different award for, you know, different kinds of leaders in, in, in the community work. And they, I like it, how modest you are. Well, <laughs> just want to describe it. At any rate, they gave a group of uh, immigrant rights folks, uh, this award and, uh, I, I got the call and it's a, it's a very cool thing and. I had been organizing, you know, my entire adult life at that point, maybe this is 2012, so eight years or so. And to be recognized is is great. And, uh, but, um, and a couple other friends got the award as well. So it was like a group of people I knew and respected and to be included was, you know, super overwhelming and exciting. Uh, but I felt a lump about, uh, a week, maybe two weeks before, the man, a little longer, maybe a month before we're supposed to go to the White House and, and receive it. So I had to do a biopsy of this lump mm. and um, sitting on the couch with a bag of ice on my you know, groin, honestly, uh, getting texts from my buddies who were like, we're going into the Oval Office and super disappointed. And um, it ended up being cancer. So it was like bad. It was like a bad, this story, oh, story gets goodness. good. So just, just for everybody. Yeah. Um, so it was super bummer. And it was like part of this dramatic story I would tell about getting diagnosed and missing my trip to the Oval Office. You probably don't get two trips to the Oval Office. Like right. that was mine. And I'm waiting for my first exactly, one. Exactly. Right. Know, I'm just and saying, yeah, <laughs> I missed it and, um, doing really well. Uh, cancer's gone, doing healthy <clears throat> and a couple of, of colleagues who actually made it to work at the White House knew that story. They knew what I had missed and had been kind of fighting to get me back in. Um, And so right at the tail end of the Obama administration, they had a Cinco de Mayo party and they got me on the list with my wife and two-year-old son. So the three of us (laughs) showed up to the cool, it's like a cool party and it's like a bunch of, you know, fancy folks. Um, my son had a diaper blowout in the line, security line on the way. So I'm changing his diaper. So it was a great, we had a, we hung out, we ate all the food. We wouldn't leave. They had to like kick us out. Super cool moment. The family in the, in uh, the White House. That was such an honor. That was back when the White House was painted black. It's just really different. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine because the White House isn't even celebrating Ramadan, uh, Mm. acknowledging lots of uh, groups that uh, make up this country. 
how different it is now. Uh, but what an honor. Yeah, it was cool. It ended up being a good thing and I was able to go with my family. So yeah, cool, cool award. And and I just thought the Champions of Change Award was a, a couple of teachers at Phoenix Union. One of my friends, Selena Alonzo, and another uh, Guadalupe uh, Mesa, who are just, we all love them. They do amazing work in the community. They mm. got a Champions of Change Award for teaching. Mm. So they, they, the, the administration gave these awards out to cool community leaders. It was, it's a cool program. And they use those leaders to then organize and do other things out in the community. So good idea. And something we should probably replicate. You're actually my second guest that was a White House champion of change. Yeah. Taz Ahmed okay. is has her own podcast, and she was a guest a, a few uh, months back. Uh, good Muslim, best Muslim, and she's an organizer for yeah. the API community. Okay. So, so you are in good stead, good and we have uh, yeah. good company. Yep. I How'd you get into immigrant rights work? Uh, good question. Uh, so I'm... Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a white guy, clearly, uh, but I'm, I'm... Well, not clearly, because yeah. the Latino population is so diverse. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, so, but I'm born and raised Phoenix, and I'm also born and raised, more importantly for me, right here in the hood. So, you're in you're, Central Phoenix is where I come from. Um, this is uh, my digs my whole life. Uh, a rare Anglo face in those days, too. Like, it wasn't a lot of white kids in the schools, and Kenworth Elementary School, and like the Phoenix Prep, these were little gladiator academies. And, and so, that was a, a real... Uh, created challenges, but also a real blessing in my life and exposed me as a young child to uh, a broader community, uh, a deeper level of uh, understanding of our world and also of, of pain and suffering. And so I think that's my story. That's where I come from. That's where I, that's what I'm fighting for. That's my um, identity. That's how I identify as like a kid from this neighborhood. And this is the neighborhood that I'm committed to uh, still, still live in, um, and uh, so when I came home after college, it was like, something's wrong. Like this immigration thing, you know, my, my friends, there's tons of undocumented people in my life all growing up. And it was clear, it was always hard, but it was getting harder. So the Prop 200 was on the ballot in 2004. And I didn't really know anything about um, immigration law, but I knew it was hard for my friends. And I knew then that this, this politician, Russell Pierce, was trying to make it even harder. So Prop 200 was our first real anti-immigrant ballot initiative. When was that? What year was 2004. that? 2004. And that was my first campaign. I've been organizing ever since. So we, it was, it, for me, it was about geography and a group of human beings that I knew and loved and a, and a place that was being attacked and somebody had to stand up. And so there, there's a lot of conversation now about how to show up as an ally. Yeah. What do you tell people? If you're white, yeah. it's how to be an ally. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah it's, it's not language I, I you know, know how to use very well. I, I would say for me, it's just really personal. And it's about people and friends. My, my buddy Edder right here in the room, um, like I've heard Edder's story, uh, jaywalking on the light rail tracks. And, we, I mean, and he got arrested and detained. Like that's bullshit. And that's wrong. And you hear that story and like you do something. So for me, it was like, this is a person that I know and love and respect, and um, I'm going to stand alongside him, do what I can, and try to lift up his, you know, his voice and, and make sure that he's, um, you know, people are paying attention. And, and so I, I don't know if, you know, again, vocabulary might not always be as as uh, as um, sophisticated as, as others, but for me, it's just very personal. It's very specific. It's about human beings and people that I love and care about and and want to do what I'm able to do. It's so interesting that to note that Arizona is what we call at Democracy in Color a frontline state. We released this report 
a few months back called Return of the Majority, which analyzed the state's sort of why Clinton lost and why yeah. the Democrats keep losing. Yeah. What, what is behind this? Because there are actually more Democrats and Republicans. It's, tr- it's true uh, lots of places uh, across the country. And yeah. Arizona is considered a frontline state right. in our analysis because uh, Clinton lost the state by three and a half percentage points. And when we dug into why, uh, we looked at a, a real uh, a real issue with voters of color who are uh, predominantly Democrats who are actually uh, going to the polls. And I want to talk to you about that because uh, you have a state that's thirty percent Latino, yeah, um, and the numbers are growing. How do you make sense of and what is the you know of of the dynamic in terms of the demographics of the state, and in terms of the fact that, you know, Republicans, Trump wins the state, you know, Republicans are, are winning statewide, what gives? So you got to look under the top lines, and you got to see the progress and the and the movement that, that's, that we're building. Um, in 2004, uh, we've added nearly a million registered voters to the electorate since, since then. It's an entirely different place from an electoral perspective. Um, that growth is driven and rooted in in Latino, largely young Latino growth. So 18,000 Latinos turn 18 uh, every month Whoa. in Arizona. Say that again? 18,000. Yeah. So it's, incredible. it's incredible. And the impact of that and the potential of that from an electoral perspective is uh, tremendous. So what we've done, so in 2010, so I started organizing in 2004, but most of my colleagues really began and dug in in 2010 when uh, Senate Bill 1070, which was our Show Me Your Papers law, much like SB4 in uh, Texas this year. But it was uh, it was just woke us everybody. everybody what, what did the what did the law? It was basically do? It, it credentialed local law enforcement to do to enforce federal immigration law and allowed for racial profiling and other kinds of uh, you know, deputized local law enforcement on uh, for immigration purposes. And um, uh, again, Russell Pierce and others behind it, we began uh, what we now call One Arizona. Which was, you know, our we believed that Latino voting was a fundamental ingredient to preventing that kind of attack into the future, and we've, you know, knocked on four million doors since, uh, registered over two hundred fifty thousand new voters. Um, we've tripled the number of Latinos who get the ballot in the mail, which changes the efficacy of, of you know, unlikely voters. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Yeah, why why focus on mail-in uh, voters? So we we think there's you know, we focus on a lot of things. We think that we call it the permanent. It's the pebble, the permanent early vote list in Arizona. Uh, you get the ballot about 30 days before election day. You can study it. You can look at all the different things on the ballot. You can take your time. You can vote from the comfort of your couch. Um, you don't have to go anywhere. You can vote if you work a lot. You can vote on the weekends or in the you know when you can put anytime you can put it back in the mailbox. So it just makes voting so much more. Uh, accessible to all of us. We, I vote by mail. It's the way to do it now. Um, and so we, a lot of people don't know about it. They don't know it's an option, especially low and, and unlikely voters, low, low efficacy and unlikely voters. So we go to them and say, hey, you heard about this program. It's really great. Let's sign you up. Um, again, triple, there was 90,000 Latinos on the Pebble in 2010. There's over 300 now, 300,000 Latinos on the Pebble now. So this kind of work 
trans has transformed the electorate. We have three Latinos on the Phoenix City Council, 24 Latinos in the state legislature. Uh, we elected the first Latino countywide in Maricopa County last year, uh, and a statewide candidate who's running for governor this year lost his election in 2014 by just half a percent. Uh, and he won Maricopa County. So Latinos are starting, have, have won at the local level. Right. They're winning at the county level, and we're now at the precipice of electing the first Latino in 43 years statewide. It's exciting. So explain to me what happened in the presidential um, contest last in, year. In 16? Um, so we aren't, you know, Georgia and Arizona are these states where, that are being talked about, but not being invested in the way we see other sort of battleground states like Colorado or Nevada or New Mexico or Florida, Ohio. We don't get the, those kind of resources. I don't even think people understand, really, when they look at the, the map yeah. that Arizona is a swing state. Yeah, it's they a don't. swing state. It is. It is. And, it, and it's there because we've pushed it uh past we we our movement has maximized our demographic potential so i think there's a perfect storm in arizona of demographic change uh really bad actors here who have activated uh a response that you know we have we've seen trump before his name's russell pierce and joe arpaio etc cetera, etc cetera. like there's a many many trumps oh that's here. interesting so you your your movement is like hey look trump ain't the first that's right you know yeah, we've seen the show before all the stuff he's doing and sessions have done they, that Arizona politicians have done already or have tried to do. So we fought back and, 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 and succeeded and, and grown in the face of this kind of attack in the past. So you have this perfect storm of, of demographic change, a movement coming of age with these really bad actors to organize around. And all that has put us in a really strong position. And so we, you know, we cut the deficit. Clinton did uh, lost by four points in Arizona. Obama lost by over eight. So we've halved the the sort of deficit with li- very little, if n- hardly any, investment at all from partisan you know campaigns. Why? Why is that the case? And I will pull my hair out. And we talk about this all the time um, on this show and in our organization. What is it about the Democrats, both nationally with their committees and the state parties, that don't they don't seem to really uh, Look at politics and who's the important voters the same way that one Arizona does. Yeah, I th- yeah, working. Yeah, I don't know. I have the answer to that. I think we aren't counting on them to do anything for us to save us to come rescue us. We're going to build it ourselves. That's a remarkable statement you just yeah. made. We're not counting on the. Yeah, we're, we 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 have very little faith in partisan efforts coming in and doing something you know benevolent on our behalf. Like we've got to build this. We've we will be the ones that we're waiting for. Um, and so we went, we've out and went and done it. We're at scale now. We are a statewide operation that can activate a, a winning majority statewide and we're ready to do it. And we've built it ourselves with, you know, we've had some, some great committed, pretty grassroots funders just like us that have hung in there with us, but it's not a lot of money. We've done this on shoestring budgets, um, and largely youth led, largely immigrant led, uh, that uh, movement that I get, you know, get to be a part of and serve and, um, it's the most dynamic, committed group of leaders you've ever met. Uh, canvassing in Arizona is no joke. You know, knocking doors in 115 degrees, like you've got to believe no, in what you're no, doing. No, I almost had a conniption standing outside. <laughs> it's a nice day today, too. It's, it is a nice day. For you, 105 <laughs> yeah, is like, you know, whew, fine. Yeah, put on a sweater. <laughs> right. uh, uh, so are there, the potential of having a Latino gubernatorial candidate yeah. win in, tw- is it 2018? 2018. Yeah. What's the name of the candidate? David Garcia. Yeah. Why are you excited about him? 
He's a good dude, but um, local guy, born and raised, uh, married his high school sweetheart, got two girls in public schools. He's an education expert, and our schools have been starved in Arizona, deeper cuts to our K-12 and higher ed system than anywhere in the country. We zeroed out community colleges from our state budgets. So Tennessee and Arkansas and New York and other places are making community college free. We don't give as a state dollar to our community college system. Which large, makes it expensive for students if they want to all get. the burden on working families and kids, which is all Latino kids, by the way, in our community. The largest community college system in the country in Maricopa County. So him being an education expert, but he's an army veteran. Um, but he's a, his dad was a union painter. His mom worked in the electronics factory. He's just a blue collar guy that understands our community and what we're going through mm-hmm, yeah. and ready to fight for us. Bilingual, like he's perfect for our, for the moment we're in. It is a big moment, isn't it? Yeah. How do you think that um, the uh, the effort that uh, one Arizona and that your your group and uh, by the way, one Arizona is nonpartisan. Like we don't support any candidates. Yeah. In my personal yeah. capacity, I love this guy. But yeah, and in my personal clear. and professional capacity, <laughs> I am a partisan. If there's a badass, progressive, uh, social justice champion, yeah. you know, yep. I'm all I'm all for go. it. So we'll I don't. I, yeah, DG4AZ.com. Yeah, we yeah. can. Yeah, we don't have to bleep <laughs> out any any partisan Perfect. thing on this right. in this show. And, and people who listen know that we're. They're they're uh, kind of the same uh, focus, yeah. and the thing is, uh, I live in California. Okay, uh, you know I've been to many other states, but I'm really uh, d- gone deep into Arizona politics. But what is really interesting is a lot of progressive look are looking at taking back the house. We're like, oh, we can take back the house yeah. in California. There's yeah. a conversation of seven uh, um, seven Republicans that are up um, in. Uh, districts that are majority people of color right. in Southern California, and they're like, "Oh, we can take that because the numbers." Yeah, if they were doing some registration effort right. in Arizona, we have the Republican Martha McSally mm-hmm. District Two. Right, what's the possibility of getting that Republican out? Yeah. and perhaps in twenty eighteen. Yeah, she voted for Trump's health care. Uh, Bill, uh, Trump care, Ryan care, I don't know what we call it. Is that even popular among Republicans? Everybody hates it. It's, everybody hates it. It's awful. Um, her district hates it. And, um, you know, she, she, uh, um, she's in big trouble. Like the candidate she beat in 2016, we're seeing polling where he's up. Uh, I'm not sure he'll be the nominee, but at any rate, uh, every, basically every Democrat they're testing against her is up. Um, she's in big, big trouble. It's a swing district. Uh, Hillary won the district by like uh, seven or eight points. So it's at one of these blue congressional districts that has a Republican incumbent. Uh, she's in big trouble. Hmm. Well, that would be exciting. And that makes uh, the swing state of Arizona all of a sudden very interesting to national uh, groups who are, who, who, who are, are interested. What do you think, what are your sort of predictions on the immigration front? What are you working on right here in the state and how's that playing? Yeah. Uh, So um, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Phoenix, the city of Phoenix passed a municipal ID program led by our um, table partners, Center for Neighborhood Leadership and, and Arizona Center for Empowerment. Um, and Puente and these organizations led a fight at the city to uh, pass a municipal ID card that would uh, protect everybody, including uh, undocumented folks. So we're doing real progressive stuff in the city. Um, municipal ID and how does that tie to the immigration issue? Yeah. So if, if one of the challenges is if when you're when you're pulled over or have any interaction with law enforcement and you don't have valid ID, you're at risk. So if you can show the police 
that who you are with a valid government issued ID, it actually protects folks and LGBT folks and homeless folks too, and not just undocumented people, but everybody who has trouble getting ID cards. And one of the things municipalities do is they use these IDs to, to access different city services. So it can be a, you know, have, have a multiple purpose ID. And so it's a really good, New York's done it. Um, a couple of the cities have done it, Oakland, that... Um, My hometown. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. a great strategy that you can do at the local level to protect and document. But we did it here in the city. Um, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of naturalization work right now. Uh, we have a whole implementation working group that uh, that helps DACA students fill out their DACA applications. But all, we're also looking for other forms of relief. I'm just... Mm-hmm. It's not safe to be a dreamer, is it now? No. I deported uh, uh, at least one yeah. uh, of these really talented people going on to college and yeah. been here their, most of their life. Right. Yeah, we can't trust this administration on any level um, with immigration enforcement. We um, have, yeah, so we built a whole, uh, uh, you know, sort of progressive effort to uh, inter- integrate folks and find those forms of relief that do exist and then use grassroots efforts to um, help our people access those those services in as, as free as possible. Mm. What are you going to do about the fact that uh, ICE agents and immigration enforcement seems to be stepping up all over the country? Is that happening here in Arizona as well? I can imagine. Yes. Uh, again, it's not new for us. So a lot of our table partners have led the country in creating um, uh, uh, defense committees, neighborhood-based uh, community uh, uh, coalitions that can protect one another and let each other know when things are going down and how to help each other if things do happen. And so we're doing a lot of Know Your Rights trainings right now and a lot of uh, sort of awareness work to make sure our community has the information they, they need to protect themselves and, and to be as safe as possible. People find out about that on your... your... Yeah, onearizona.org. And uh, we have a, you know, a couple of key partners. I should give a couple of shout outs, but I'd mention uh, Case and uh, Mi Familia Vota are really uh, big partners in this work as well. So we're the coalition of all these great organizations that we get to serve at One Arizona and make sure that, you know, we're unifying ourselves and, and, and uh, amplifying the work as much as possible. It's by almost like, yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's the good news. Yeah. If you, if you the, the, the latest stupid thing that the person occupying the White House does versus the exciting work that's, that's happening on the ground, there's not enough attention that's going on. That's right. Okay, uh, we have this segment called This or That. Okay. Don't overthink this. All right. Okay, Lulu Matute, our producer, co-producer of the segment, All right. comes up with these. Okay. Not me. She's All a millennial. Right. She's Good. a lot more with it. Okay. All right. Uh, on your team, Steve Nash or Kevin Johnson? Oh, you got to go Steve Nash. Why? Um, KJ's got some baggage, man. I love him, but like, it's some, there's, some, there's just some dirt in the, in the history there. I loved him growing up. He was our hero. Yeah. If you're a Phoenix kid, KJ was our man, but yeah. the, 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 there's been some stuff happened. Well, he was uh, the 55th mayor of Sacramento. I know. I want to love him. You got <laughs> to Google yeah. it. It's not, I'm not going to say Google it. it. Yeah, you got to Google it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Forward or backwards in time? Forward. To when? Uh, when Arizona turns blue. Oh, which is 20, predicted. 2018. 2018. I like it. I like it. Okay. <clears throat> Drinks with Chris Chris Kobach, the architect of oh. SB 1070, oh. and on the Trump transition team, ladies and gentlemen, Kansas Secretary of State, or drinks with Steve Bannon. 
The oh. Grim Reaper. You know, Kovac seems like such a D-bag. I don't want to hang out with that guy. Bannon's interesting, at least. Like, he's weird and crazy. I would do Bannon just because he's more interesting. Wow. I couldn't look at him for a long period of yeah, time. Yeah, he is ugly. <laughs> he's scary looking. <laughs> oh, man. part of it. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating, weird dude, though. God, I've never had so much attention on such a small and such a despicable group of people oh, that are just awful. trying to... Awful. Yeah. So how do you keep going in this work? Oh, that's a good question. We so Sunday, my wife and I and uh, our son and we have a foster daughter went up to Sedona. Well, you gotta go to Sedona. Sedona's beautiful. It's like red rocks, and we hiked and we got some lunch, and it's like what's ten degrees cooler. So you gotta do that kind of stuff. And you know, looking at my son the day after the election, I just knew like I was really sad, you know, and it was hard uh, to think about the world that we're he's growing in uh, and up, up in, but I knew like I had to keep fighting. And, um, for me, family has been a really big, um, not just motivator, but also, uh, a place of energy and, and, and sustenance. And so I would say we movement people right now need to be like finding the people they love, spending a lot of time with them, doing stuff that's not all movement stuff, but just, you know, chilling and, and stuff that brings you joy. I'll take that. Yeah. More joy. Yeah. More joy. And uh, thank you so much for the work that oh, you're thanks doing. Thanks for having us and yeah. bringing us on. Yeah, and awesome. I'm really, really glad that your health is better. Yeah. Are you cancer-free? Cancer-free, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, We're going to celebrate. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Thank you so much, yeah, Ian, for joining for us right. in Democracy in Color. This podcast is sponsored by Democracy in Color. And this episode was recorded at Epicenter Recording in Phoenix, Arizona, co-produced by Lula Matute and David Golden, and edited by Robbie Williamson. Special thanks to John Laredo, Ian Danley, Peter Juarez, Joe Bowman, and our team at Democracy in Color, Charlene Chang, Olivia Parker, Lisa Lay, Steve Phillips, Luli Osher, and Julie Martinez. You can listen to future episodes on democracyandcolor.com, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. You can also connect with us on Facebook and tweet questions, comments, and episode suggestions to us at Democracy Color on Twitter. If you appreciate this podcast as much as we appreciate you, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend, a colleague, or a neighbor to tune in for their dose of political intelligence. So until next time, thanks for joining us.